before we get into it, I just want to say a big happy Easter to you. Um, I trust that you had a great day just celebrating um, Resurrection Day today. I hope you got to enjoy the sun and spend some time with family and friends, etc. Uh, as well, the weather's been glorious, hasn't it, the last, last week or week or so. Well, I think it's getting a bit colder this week, um, but it's great to be able to hang out with family and friends um, once again outside. Um, but yeah, just wishing you a very, very um, happy Easter. You know, we, we serve a great, a great God, don't we? We have an amazing, amazing Saviour. You know, just looking back the last few days, just looking at um, Good Friday and all that happened with the crucifixion and then the subsequent, um, you know, resurrection, of course, today. And, you know, the disciples and, and many of the people um, just, just kind of surrounding Jesus didn't really understand what was going on. They didn't really grasp it. They didn't really make sense of them. Um, until after it all happened and Jesus kind of explained it all although he's he said over and over again he was going to die and rise rise again um, they didn't re didn't really get it but we're kind of blessed um, kind of here thousands of years later to be able to look back on it and have you know all the explanation in scripture um, that there is and all the new testament to kind of you know bring the reality of it home and you know what Jesus did on the cross for us and that amazing divine exchange uh, that he that he did by taking our sin by taking our sicknesses by taking our pain um, you know, taking just just everything upon himself, you know, so that we could be free, so that we could have a relationship with the Father. Um, you know, the torn uh, the curtain in the temple was torn in two. We now have free access to the Father. And praise God for that. And we're now on our way to heaven. We have the promise of eternal life. We have an amazing, amazing Savior, don't we? And you know, we can remember any day of the week, and should remember that any day of the week. Should be thankful every day, but especially this kind of Easter time. What a wonderful Savior! Make sure you're you're giving him all the praise and adoration uh, that he's due. Praise God. So there's probably some people maybe still joining. Don't forget you can say hi in the chat as well. Um, just wanted to mention about a recent email that's gone out this week um, about a plan for regathering. Um, so it mentions about Sunday the 23rd of May. So, that, so that's the intention of that's when we're going to be relaunching Kids Church and Ignition and having a Sunday afternoon um, service as well. We're going to be at three o'clock at Hive United Reformed Church. Um, so please make sure you get signed up um, you know in these times that we're in you can't just turn up um, which obviously normally you could just do for church and that would be easy or, or for kids church um, but in these these times we do need to have you signed up um, in advance so please make sure you're doing that you should have all the links all the links for that um, which is sent out by text and by email and email explains everything um, and there's a video from myself and Wendy in the email as well so make sure you watch that because then it just makes you know, everything makes sense and very, very clear what we're doing. So Sunday, the 23rd of May, that's what's our target date, um, you know, to get things back off the ground. And we're looking at doing some other um, physical regatherings as well, things like prayer meetings, maybe some worship nights, etc. So we're looking at venues. Um, we just need to get kind of confirmation on how many people we can have and all those kind of things. Logistically, things are complex, um, you know, in the times that we're in. So, you know, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, you know, so we can have some further physical gatherings, which would be great to hang out in the presence of God together. But make sure you get signed up Sunday, 23rd of May, um, especially for Kids Church Ignition team as well. If you're able to be involved in that, um, that that'll be great. We'd really, really appreciate it. Even if you haven't been involved before, you can get involved in that. Um, also, the hosting team is, you know, there's going to be a big demand on the hosting team in the sense that there's, there's lots to do. Um, you know, just kind of logistically make happen. Um, so if you're able to get involved in a hosting team, whether again, whether you've been involved in a hosting team before or not, then um, please sign up for that. Again, the link's in the email that we sent out. 
Yeah, we really appreciate that. So praise God, exciting things are going in the right direction. We're looking forward to um, gathering with you all um, in the coming weeks. Praise God, praise God. So we're going to continue tonight with looking at um, the gifts of the Spirit, the Believer's Toolbox. And that's the way we've kind of labelled it, is, is these are different tools that God has provided for us. Um, you know, we need to use them. You know, tools are no use unless you actually use them. That's true with a natural tool. You've got something like a hammer. It's only any use if you actually use it to hammer in nails um, or to remove nails, which you could do with a claw hammer. Um, but, you know, whatever the context of it is, um, you know, tools are only useful if you actually put them into practice. And that's true with the, these, these believers toolbox, the, the tools, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these nine gifts um, that we've been looking at. So... Um, we're going to have a final week on the gifts of the Holy Spirit next week. We're going to just unpack a, uh, a little bit more, just kind of an overview of the subject. But tonight we're going to kind of finish in unpacking the individual gifts. Um, you know, we've looked at different things, haven't we, over the weeks, you know, that we are not hum natural human beings. Well, I was going to say we're not humans, we're definitely humans. But we're not natural humans in the sense of the Holy Spirit dwells within us. As believers, we are supernatural, we know, by definition. And the supernatural is God's super added to our natural. We bring the natural, we bring ourselves, we bring our faith, we bring our obedience, but God brings the super element to it. We can't do the super in our own strength. We shouldn't try and do it in our own strength. It's all about, it's all about God. Amen. And all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are all available to us because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. And all the gifts are for building other people up, for building others up. And, you know, the purpose of this series is to, so we're aware of what the tools are, so that we're encouraged just to use them, and also I just want to demystify the gifts, because sometimes it kind of think, you know, what's speaking in tongues, what's the gift of tongues, what's the gift of faith, and what's the work in miracles, and, you know, the other ones that we've looked at, what's the word knowledge, what's, what's it all about? So to kind of demystify these, these gifts, because God wants us to, you know, to desire them. Amen. So we're looking at Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, that's recorded in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11, it says this, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of, message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. So Paul lists these nine supernatural gifts that are imparted by God. And we've looked and we, we've looked at them in a slightly different order to what they're listed there because theologians have grouped them together and the groupings make sense, work very well, um, into what we know as the revelation gifts. So in other words, gifts where, where, where the Holy Spirit is revealing something to us, whether it's knowledge or wisdom. The utterance gifts, so that's gifts that are spoken out. And so that's what we looked at the last couple of weeks. And tonight we're going to look at the power gifts, the power gifts, okay? So we looked at word of wisdom, you know, when God gives us a word, you know, for somebody or gives us a word of, you know, just helps us to be wise in the situation that we're in, but particularly in terms of building others up to give them a word of wisdom or something that God wants to impart to them or a word of knowledge, you know, when we become aware of uh, what's going on in somebody's, somebody's life and Jesus so often operated in that and we can help people out on oh, Jesus' moment. Um, the Holy Spirit will make us aware that you know, there's a certain healing that, that he wants to do in somebody's life. In all different contexts of that, discerning of spirits, um, not just talking about um, demonic spirits, well, there's definitely an element of that, but also understanding when, what spirit people are operating in. And um, We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, 
we looked at uh, prophecy and you know speaking prophetically over others when God gives us a word to, to speak to others it might be to the church or it could be to another individual where God just wants to encourage them and, and build them up and we looked at different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues join those things together when God gives someone a message um, in tongues and a tongue just means uh, another language often it's kind of the heavenly language that we describe as tongues and and then the Bible says encourages those the person that's given the message in tongues to seek God for the interpretation because obviously if it's just in tongues and no one other than God himself is going to know what it actually means even the giver is not necessarily going to know what it means until it's been interpreted of course so it needs to be interpreted in into English so that we can all understand um, you know what what it's saying and what God is saying so the church can be built up also the individual person can be built up okay so that's what we've looked at the last couple of weeks so tonight are the power gifts the gifts of power so they are the gift of faith gifts of healing and the working of miracles the gift of faith the gifts of healing and the working of miracles we're going to look at different examples tonight um, particularly Jesus and is always the best example of course and and the way that Jesus operated in these over and over and over again in gifts of faith gifts of healing working of miracles and you know there is miracle working power working in us. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? You know, the power gets, remember this is it's all, about, it's all about God. It's nothing about our own strength. So today, obviously Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, when, when Jesus beat the power of sin and death and, and came back to life. It's the only person that's ever been resurrected from the dead. I know Jesus resurrected some others from the dead, like Lazarus and, and, and some other examples that are in the Gospels, but who actually resurrected himself from the dead and beat the power of sin and death once and for all Paul talks about this in Ephesians Ephesians 1 Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 23 says this I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe so that's so it's saying here there's incomparably great power for us us as believers that power, this is the amazing bit, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present name, age, but also in the one to come. And God planted all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, so you know, we know that as the church uh, we are the body of Christ, which is his body, the fullness of him, fills everything in every way. Wow. So what Paul is saying here is that, that that incomparably great power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the kind of thing, if we can wrap our heads around this reality, uh, this spiritual reality here. The same incomparably great power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that works in us. That same power is the same as his mighty strength exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. He said, it's an incomparably great power for us who believe. So we can operate in that same power. That is amazing, isn't it? It's the same Holy Spirit that, that, that Jesus relied on. It's the same Holy Spirit that, that operates in us. The same power that resurrected him from the dead is in us. That is amazing, isn't it? And you have to just kind of help, uh, ask God for help to, to wrap our heads around that amazing uh, reality. You know, do we truly believe that? You know, it's great reading scripture and think, yeah, that's that's amazing, Paul. That, that's brilliant what you're saying there. But do we truly believe that? That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is, is able to work in us and does work in us. Amen. And we're able to walk in that same authority. Are we, are we God? No, we're not saying we are God. We're not saying we are Jesus. But can we operate in that same power? Yes. And all because of what Jesus 
has imparted to us and to be truly believer you know and, and believing that is absolutely key to operating in the power gifts understanding that same power that resurrected jesus from the dead can operate in us and it's god's intention for it to operate in us and that's key to operating in the power gifts the gifts of faith the work in miracles and the gifts of healings remember it's never ever about us it's just all about jesus i'm so often reminded of the words of of john the baptist and when his ministry was coming to an end and he was kind of like the you know introduction to jesus wasn't he um, you know when when jesus kind of turns up on the scene and, and and john the baptist look here's the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world it's kind of the introduction to jesus but he makes that that interesting statement where he says now i must uh, decrease and he must increase and you know and that, that's true in every area of our lives if we're going to operate in the power that, that god wants for us everything that's of us must decrease and everything is of him must increase amen because it's only when we walk in, in in his authority and all that he's given us amen and that same power then can work work in us and work through us um out to others amen so it's never ever about us and and praise god for that that's brilliant isn't it yeah the only onus on us is just to be obedient in, in it all but it's not about it's not something that we have to generate it's all about the holy spirit within us amen so let's start having a look at the gifts Praise God. Let's start unpacking the gifts. So the gift of faith. So the gift of faith. So the gift of faith. So it's a gift imparted by the Holy Spirit. This is not referring to what I've written down as normal faith. Now the reason I've kind of said it in that way is because obviously faith in one sense is never normal, is it? You know, um, faith is an incredible thing. We 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 cannot we cannot see God. Um, you know, but we totally believe. He is who he is. We, as we've celebrated Easter this weekend, we believe that Jesus died on the cross. We have we have written evidence of it, but we can't physically see it. We weren't there. You know, we, we accept it by by faith. You can't watch it on YouTube. The, there are no news channels that filmed it, but we take it by faith. We we know that the scripture is is correct, and you know it was imparted by God to people, and it's an accurate record of what happened. Uh, but we and we accept it by faith. Amen. The reality of what Jesus did on the cross for us that he. He, he died, he's buried and was raised again on the Sunday. Um, praise God. So, of course, as a Christian, the whole the whole element of the Christian journey is a journey of faith. And Paul says we live by faith and we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, if you, if you, you couldn't be a Christian without having faith. And then sometimes people say, oh, I don't have enough faith. I don't know if I can believe for that. Well, if you've believed, you know, that Jesus has died for you and you've confessed that um, with, your, with your mouth and your sins have been forgiven, then you definitely have enough faith. You've already made a monumental step of faith by accepting that and accepting Jesus into your life. And then you'd be born again and made new because of that. If, uh, Jesus himself said you only need faith as small as a mustard seed. At the time, mustard seed was one of the smallest seeds kind of known known to humans at that time and jesus makes that point he uses the example of a mustard seed and it great grows into a great tree um you know if a little tiny mustard seed can do that what can your faith do and you only need faith as small as a mustard seed and that that can that can move mountains so of course we walk in faith in, in all aspects of the christian life um you know you're going to have issues if you don't walk in any kind of faith and we've accepted by faith um, else we never would have been to become a Christian in the first place. It's been a whole journey of faith and accepting what he's done for us, of course. Okay, So it's not referring to that kind of faith. It's, it's a greater thing. It's a whole gift of um, kind of greater faith. And actually the Greek word that's actually used there for the gift of faith, the Greek word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. 
And what it means is a conviction of absolute and total trust in God. A conviction of total and absolute trust in God. So this is the gift that, that God wants to impart for us. A conviction of absolute trust in God. We walk by faith anyway. Of course we are. We walk by faith, not by sight. But it's a, it's a supernatural conviction of total and absolute trust in him. Amen. That he will do absolutely everything that he says that he can do. Not, not he might do it, or that would be nice, or that would be helpful, or that would be great, or please God, or God, you know, almost begging God to do it. No, it's an absolute and total conviction that you know, God will do what he says that he will do. Amen. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is work within us. Remember, see his power again, that same resurrection power is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, I can ask for a lot of things, or I could ask for a lot of things, and I can imagine a lot of things. And it says uh, that, that God can do even more than that. He can do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Do we truly believe that? Amen. Do we truly believe he can do beyond anything that we could ever even comprehend or ever ask him for? That is who God is. That is the God we serve. Amen. Praise God. You know, Jesus operated in that gift over and over again. He knew that, that this... He knew his father could do immeasurably more than anything he could ask or imagine. Amen. Jesus operated in his gift um, over and over again, the gift, the gift of faith. And, you know, had total and absolute conviction in his, in his father that he would do what he said he, he would do. He says that we haven't got time to look at all the scriptures because there's three gifts we're looking at and lots you could say about each one. But um, just look at the story of Lazarus and what, what Jesus does there. And it's interesting because he kind of prays. Um, so Lazarus has been dead for a few days and um, Mary and Martha, Lazarus's wa uh, wives, not Lazarus' wives, Lazarus' sisters even. Um, that would have been awkward, wouldn't it? Um, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, and the whole family were kind of close close to Jesus, I'm sure you know. Anyway, they were, they were quite upset with Jesus, um, and almost frustrated. It was like, well, if you'd come earlier, then, then our brother wouldn't have died. So it's kind of all this going on and, uh, you know, people were upset and... Um, and Jesus himself, it says Jesus wept. Jesus was upset because, again, like I said, they were, they were close to that family. Jesus was close to that family. Anyway, so all that was kind of going on. And then Jesus then makes a prayer and he intentionally makes a public prayer. And he's like, Father, I know that you're always going to hear me anyway. And I know that you're going to do this anyway. So it's not because I'm doubting you're going to do this, but I'm just saying this for the purposes of everyone hearing it. Because Jesus had total and absolute conviction that what his father said he would do and what his father had enabled him to do, he would do. There was never any any doubt in any any in his mind, you know, any un, uncertainty in his mind. He he absolutely knew um, what his father was going to do. So Jesus would operate in that gift over and over again. I want to look at a different example, which isn't actually Jesus him, himself, where the gift of faith is actually operating here. Um, there's a really interesting encounter with Jesus and a Roman centurion. As you know, at that time Israel was um, under the Roman Empire, um, so. Um, Roman uh, soldiers and Roman centurions. A centurion was someone who oversaw a hundred, a hundred soldiers. Um, yeah, so they're quite high up and kind of um, in in authority and how it worked in those times. Um, and but Jesus has an interesting encounter with a centurion whose servant um, is really really unwell. So this Roman centurion comes to Jesus, says this. This is in Matthew eight five to thirteen. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said. 
My servant lies at home paralysed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion has a really, really interesting response. Remember, he's a, he's a Gentile. He's not a Jew. He, he, he's a Roman and a Roman soldier. But look at his, his understanding. I believe here this centurion is imparted with the gift of faith. That he, This is imparted to him there. He may not fully understood that's what had happened, but I believe that's what had happened here. He's imparted with the gift of faith here. It says this first, it says Matthew 8, 8. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. So suddenly this centurion, this, this Gentile, this Roman soldier who, who would have been hated by the Jews because they really were unhappy about the fact they were being oppressed by the Romans and had this total conviction that what Jesus said was going to happen would happen. He says this, verse 9, so just say the word, my servant will be healed. Verse 9, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, it says, and he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I truly believe he had an impartation, this centurion here, of the gift of faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you've believed it would. So it's interesting here. So it was dependent here on the on centurion's faith. It wasn't dependent on Jesus's faith. Jesus always had total trust in his father. Jesus makes it clear, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Not as I believed it would. He's the one saying about he believed. Of course, Jesus did believe. But he was saying the reason the healing took place was because of the gift of faith that the centurion was operating at, at that moment. And it says, and his servant was healed at that very moment. Centurion had a total understanding of authority. He, he as I said, operated 100 soldiers, oversaw 100 soldiers. And when he told a soldier to go, he would go. And when he tells them to, to come, he, he would come. And he, so he understood authority and he recognised the gift of faith that imparted to him at this time. He understood the, the authority that Jesus operated in and what he said in in the spiritual realm that's what happened right amen praise God and the servant gets miraculously healed so it's interesting isn't it so it's his gift of faith so it's more than just kind of nor normal faith in the sense of faith we're always walking in faith a whole journey of Christianity is faith but there are times when and we can all ask for this gift remember we're encouraged to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts we can ask for this gift the gift of faith Okay, and this, this works very much with the gifts of healing and the working miracles, which we'll come on to in a second. But asking for, for faith, it goes, it goes kind of beyond kind of the normal faith that we walk in, where we have total and absolute conviction that God is going to do what he said he was going to do, just like the centurion did. And, put, and, and Jesus is just astonished by the amazing faith that's kind of in operation here um, by the centurion. And, and then his servant, of course, gets miraculously healed. Because of that, you know, he very, made it very clear to John, just say the word, my servant will be healed. He had total conviction that what Jesus said he was going to do, then when Jesus said, be healed, his servant will be totally healed. There was no doubt in his mind, what an amazing gift it is. So let's be earnestly desiring that, that gift, that the gift of faith. And when we're praying for others, when we're believing for others, to give us supernatural faith, it goes beyond the kind of the everyday faith that we walk in, which is amazing in itself. We walk by faith and not by sight, but this supernatural gift of faith 
to see those people completely healed or set free or or whatever or you know um, financial provision or whatever the situation might be let's be asking for the gift of faith amen so let's come on to the gifts of healing and the working of miracles so the gifts of healing is very much connected to the gift of faith because when we see healing miracles happen um, you know people are operating also in the gifts of faith that they're having total conviction that, that God is going to do what he said he can do that when they're praying for people and when they're praying for healing for people that they're going to be completely healed and completely well so the Greek word here for healing is yama I think that's how you say it i-a-m-a so it's a means of healing or remedy or medicine is what it is what it means in English okay so it means of healing remedy or medicine so God wants people to be completely healed Amen. And completely set free. Remember, God is always about the whole person as well. To see them healed in every way, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually. Amen. To be healed body, soul and spirit. Praise God. You know, of course, it's a reality that we should always believe God for healing. You know, if you're going through some situations right now, if you've got some sickness in your life or in your family or some people that you know, then God wants us to always be believing for healing and, and trusting him in that situation. Um you know, and maybe you haven't seen your healing yet, but I just encourage you to keep walking in faith and just keep keep trusting. Amen. And just keep believing and believing and believing and trusting and trusting and trusting and believe that, that healing will come. Okay, so we should always be believing God for healing, of course. But this refers to a very specific gift from God to see people supernaturally healed. Amen. And Jesus, of course, operated that over and over and over again. Remember, it's connected with the gift of faith. Jesus had total conviction in his father that he would do what he said he would do. But Jesus also operated in the gift of healing, to see people supernaturally and miraculously healed and set free. Let's look at Mark, Mark 2, verses 1 to 12. A well-known passage where Jesus heals a paralysed paralyzed man. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached a word to them. So men came, bringing to him a paralysed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. That's faith in itself, isn't it? And then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, said that Jesus responded again to their faith. I believe they had an impartation of the gift of faith. It's like we're going to do whatever we can. This Jesus is going to heal. Is going to is going to heal our friend today. We're going to take the roof off literally in order to get our friend in because we believe that Jesus is going to heal them. Yeah, they they were imparted with the gift of faith. So verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Which actually is obviously is completely true. Um, but they just weren't getting that Jesus was God in human form. You know, the word become, word become flesh, the Son of God. So who can forgive sins by God alone? Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or, or to say, get up, your, get up, take your mat and walk. Because Jesus was demonstrating the authority, the, he had the authority to forgive sins and the authority to heal people. But I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took the mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. They praised God saying, we have never ever seen anything like this. So Jesus was operating the gift of faith. The, the people who who'd brought the paralysed man and the paralysed man himself had been imparted also with the gift of faith. Jesus said he was amazed by the, by their faith. And but Jesus was also operating in a gift of healing to see them completely supernaturally healed. And it's just an incredible thing 
incredible miracle that happens here. Here's another example from the book of Acts. We get Peter and John, two of the disciples. Jesus is ascended back to heaven. Acts chapter 2 has happened when the, when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost. Um, in a previous chapter, or recorded in a previous chapter, Acts chapter 2. So we're now in Acts 3. We've got Peter and John using the gift of faith and the gift of healing together. So this is Acts 3, verses 1 to 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was, was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, because he was just because yeah, he was a beggar. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And it's interesting, their, their response. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Take him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognised him as a man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So an incredible miracle takes place here. So you see Peter and John operating the gift of faith. They had total conviction You know that when they spoke, silver and gold I do not have, what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, Nazareth walk. They had total conviction and belief that when they declared that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Walk, remember it's not about us, they declared in the name of Jesus, it was about Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Walk, they're operating the gift of faith and you know, had total conviction he was going to be healed, also operating the gifts of healing. Amen. So they say, silver and gold I do not have, what I do have I give you. There's implications for, for our understanding of it. It's not about what we don't have, remember it's about what we do have because it's not about us. That's the kind of thing I want you to take away from tonight. It's not about us. It's all about him. We just have to be obedient. I don't, we may not have this. Um, you may think, well, you know, what can I bring? What we bring is Jesus. Amen. What we bring to people is Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk like the Peter, uh, Peter and John um, quoted here. Praise God. And the man, of course, was miraculously healed. So the gift of healing is an incredible thing. And time is going quick. Um, as it always does at Sunday Night Local. Um, we're going to move on to the working of miracles. And again, this is very much connected with the gift of faith and the gift gift of healing. And again, there's very much the gift of faith is in operation here to see other miracles. And of course, healing itself is a miracle. Okay. Now, in the Greek here, there are two words for the working of miracles. The first word is energima, probably. Um, and that means operation, not an operation as in like a medical operation. Operation as in something happening, you know, the verb operation, the operating of miracles, you could say, okay? And the, the word for miracles, as some of you may know, is the word dunamis. It's a, it's a great word, dunamis. And it literally means miracle working power. And from the word dunamis, the Greek words, there's, there's several words that have evolved in English, like dynamic, uh, dynamo, which creates electricity, dynamite. You know, so it literally means you know, God's incredible, supernatural, explosive, miracle-working power. Amen. Miracle-working power. So remember, God wants us to be earnestly seeking these gifts. There's some people in in your life, or in you know, in your world, or maybe this is for your own life, or people in your family, where you need to see total miracles. It could be a you know, it could be a healing, and along with the gifts of healing, you know, it could be supernatural, uh, financial provision. It could be there's all sorts of things. 
you know, it could be a new job, it could be a, a just a breakthrough in a situation. Um, you know, it could be someone who just needs to be set free and, and have just got themselves tied up in all sorts of things, it could be breaking addiction and all those kind of things. Let's be believing for this gift. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Amen. So it literally means the operation of, of God's miracle working power. That sounds awesome. Amen. Remember again, it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. And it said Paul was uh, was dealing with a thorn in the flesh. It's not very it's not entirely clear exactly what that meant, but he was just dealing with something that was affecting him. And it says but, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, and the word for their power is the Greek word dunamis, okay? For my power, my miracle working power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul's, Paul's response to that is, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest in me, but the same power that raised Jesus from the dead may rest on us. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul totally got this and totally grasped this. It was not about him, although Paul was an amazing man and obviously wrote um, huge swathes of the New Testament. We're very blessed to have all the teaching that, that God imparted to him because it's brought us greater revelation you know, of how, how God works and greater revelation of the New Covenant and all the amazing things that Paul talked about. But he said, my grace, God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my miracle working power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul was saying he could delight in his weaknesses he could boast in the weaknesses because it meant that that he, when he was weak, then he could be strong because his because God's grace, his miracle working power was made perfect in his weakness. It didn't matter if he felt weak. Didn't matter if he didn't feel able. Didn't you know when he's praying for somebody? It didn't matter if he if he didn't feel he could do it in his own strength because it isn't about our own strength anyway. As we've said a number of times, it's all about God. You know, in our weaknesses, if you're feeling if you're feeling weak. God can operate in your weakness. Just keep relying on, on him because it's not about how we feel. It's not how, how we're feeling emotionally. It's all about his dynamis power being made perfect in our weaknesses. That's to be declaring it over our, our own lives. When I'm weak, then I am strong. Amen. And there's loads of examples we could look at with this of working in miracles. See miraculous provision as with Jesus uh, makes a, a coin appear in the mouth of a fish so they can pay the temple tax. And there's miraculous escapes from danger, and you know which happens over and over again in Paul's life, and and there's raising the dead, and there's just just ongoing display of God's power and glory. So there's so many examples you can read throughout the Gospels, um, and we haven't got time to look at, look at loads. You could, but there's loads of examples throughout the Gospels, throughout the Book of Acts, and and the rest of the New Testament as well. And Jesus operated in this gift of working in miracles again, very much linked with the gift of faith. He had total conviction his Father would do what, you know, what he knew he could do. But let's just look at one example. Luke 4, verse 24 to 30. It says this. So this is Jesus speaking. Truly I tell you, he said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. Jesus is making this kind of a slight digression but a side point but um jesus was kind of making the point about how how god's heart had always the jews were god's chosen people absolutely but he had very much had a heart for the gentiles and some israelites listen to this <laughs> we're not happy happy about jesus making that statement or the implication so yet elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in zarephath in the region of sidon and there were many in israel with leprosy in the time of elisha the prophet yet not one of them was cleansed only the name and the syrian so in other words a gentile Verse 28, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard Jesus say this. They got up, drove him out of the town 
and took him to the brow of a hill on which a town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But Jesus walked, so here, here a miracle takes place. Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So here we see miraculous protection, the working of miracles, the gift of faith in operation here. They, they were so angry with Jesus, they, they took him to the top of a hill and were literally going to push him off and, and kill him. But it says that Jesus just walked right through the crowd. There was supernatural protection here. A miracle took place here to, to miraculously protect Jesus' life where he could just, just, just literally just walk through the crowd and, and nobody could touch him and that nobody could do anything. Amen. So Jesus was operating the gift of working in miracles, the gift of faith. He had total trust in his Father. An incredible miracle here takes place. But we could we look at so many countless examples. So let's start bringing this to a close. So what does this mean for us on our Christian journey? Well, we're encouraged to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So let's be doing that. Now, these are the supernatural gifts not generated from our own abilities on our own or our own strength. It's, remember, it's all about God and the same power that resurrected Jesus from the, from the dead. It's God's desire for that same power to operate in us, yeah, to work in us. Amen. We can say that even if we feel weak, then we are strong because God's miracle working power, his dynamis power can work in us amen is made perfect in our weakness amen so let's be eagerly desiring the gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gifts of healing you know i want to see people people getting healed i don't want to have to as a pastor and as um you know just kind of sympathize with people when when they're ill although of course that's part of being pastoral and being kind of a shepherd in the sense of what, of what a pastor does of course you do sympathize and empathize with people if they're going through stuff but i want to see the people healed amen I don't want to just empathise, I want to see the miraculously healed and set free in the same way that that was happening when Jesus was on the earth and when the disciples were, you know, doing what was all the things recorded in Acts and, and all the authority that Paul walked in as well. I want to see those people miraculously healed and, and people set free. How about you? Do you want to see, see supernatural healings, supernatural miracles, the gift of faith in operation where we have total conviction, we don't doubt any at any point what god can do and what he's going to do that he can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine amen so what does this look like in your jerusalem who are there people that you can be praying for and, and believing for right now ask for the gift of faith the work of miracles and the gifts of healing because again to come back right to what we said at the beginning tools are only useful to call this the believer's toolbox these nine gifts tools are only useful if they're actually used so let's be using these gifts asking for these gifts and then operating in these gifts in obedience to the Holy Spirit. If there's someone that God's put on, put on your mind, just put in your thoughts to be, to be praying for, be declaring that, to be declaring it over them. Even if you're not able to physically see them, be declaring it over them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, like they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Be declaring what, what maybe it's not, they don't need to walk, they're not lame, whatever it may be. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you know, be, be set free. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you know, be healed. Amen. Or whatever the situation may be. But let's be believing for, the, for these gifts and operating in these gifts. You know, Jesus made some incredible promises. Well, all of his promises are amazing. But one thing he said in John 14, uh, 12 to 14, he says this, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Do we truly believe that? Jesus said we can do even greater things than he did. And all the amazing things that Jesus did, and all the amazing miracles and, and healings, that Jesus did, that we can do even greater things than him. Wow, that's what Jesus said, amen? Verse 13, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Do we truly believe that? So this starts with the gift of faith. Amen. It goes beyond us. Our normal everyday faith as powerful as that is. But to the gift of faith that we have total and utter conviction. He will do what he said he would do. Unless we seek in God. Earnestly desiring his gifts. The gift of healing and of working in miracles. Those people in your world, in your neighbourhoods, in your communities, in, in your family. And your children, your parents, whoever it may be, your work colleagues, let's be seeing, let's be seeing miracles in Jesus' name and believe of that. Earnestly design these gifts and the outworking of these gifts. Amen. You know, this incredible promise from Jesus can only be fulfilled when we desire these spiritual gifts and then God imparts them to us. You know, just like the early church, the, the, the church recorded in Acts, this is what will truly turn the world upside down. This is what led to, to tons of people being saved and hundreds and thousands of people being saved when, when there's miracle after miracle after after miracle. You know, and people were just, when the power of God was just on display, you know, and people just would just be so attracted to that and just want to know more, want to understand more. We just, um, just, it says that people, like with James and John, as we read earlier, uh, Peter and John, sorry, where the people were just amazed by the, the, the lame man who'd been made well. You know, God is amazing, amen. But just like the early church turned the world upside down, God's got an impartation on us or responsibility on us to turn the world upside down. But if we're going to do that, we need to be walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the gift of faith. We need the gift of working of miracles. And we need the gifts of healing to earnestly desire them and to operate in them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's, let's end in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all nine gifts of the Spirit. These amazing tools that you've given us, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you've provided them for us. Lord, so we can, Lord, as you said, do greater things, Lord, even than you did. Lord, and it's just help us to just to comprehend that and wrap our minds around that, Lord God. Lord, you want you, you want to see miracles, Lord God, and you want to see healings. Lord, you want to see the gift of faith in operation. Lord, that is your, Lord, that is your heart for us. And I pray, Lord, we would eagerly desire Lord, those gifts. He desire all nine spiritual gifts, but he, specifically the ones we've talked about tonight. We would desire the gift of faith, the working in miracles, the gifts of healing. Lord God, we want to operate in those. We want to see people set free. We don't just want to sympathise with people as important as that is, Lord God. But if someone's sick, we will sympathise with them, of course, because that's right and, and pastoral and compassionate, Lord. But we will, ultimately, Lord, we want to see them set free. We want to see them healed. We want to see them delivered, Lord. We want to see them set free of, uh, of debt or, or bondage or whatever, or addiction, whatever kind of lifestyles they've got into. We want to see them set free for you in Jesus' name. Lord, we just want you to be glorified through our lives. Help us to be obedient to you. Lord, and when you impart those gifts to us and you bring people to our mind, Lord, help us to be obedient, to step out into that, Lord God, and to use those gifts, to use the tools that you've blessed us with. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So trust has spoken into your life tonight. Let's be eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts in this coming week. And we've got our last session on, on the Believer's Toolbox next week. Um, we've got special guest speaker, Josh Smith. Um, is going to be closing us off um, next Sunday, so we look forward look forward to that it's going to be amazing uh, thank you josh and yeah have a great great week don't forget to sign up for church i know it's still kind of seven weeks away um, but that'll soon come around the corner and um, we do need you to sign up don't forget the teams kids ignition and hosting team you can get involved in and, and that's going to be great and we'll keep you posted on other physical gatherings as soon as as soon as we have the information we'll have the information but that's going to work okay so we look forward to that as well but have a great week and